right. We are checking in with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun this morning. And you know what? Big development in provincial politics. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. No, the development isn't Valentine's Day, actually, although there's lots of love in the BC political arena, as you know. <laughs> Is there, sarcasm. though? You're being yes, sarcastic. Yes, You're yes, being yes. sarcastic. They love each other. That's just like professional wrestling, what goes on in the house. You know, they scream at each other and all that stuff. Uh, but one of the veteran members of the legislature, Mike Dion, he's been an MLA continuously for 30 years, so... Uh, that puts him in rare company. Uh, DeYoung, member for one of the Abbotsford Ridings, press conference at 11 o'clock this morning at the legislature buildings. Here's a nice touch, Simmy. He says he'll only take questions from people that are actually there. Oh. So this isn't, this isn't one of those virtual events where you have to phone them up afterward or get online or try to cover it on social media. You actually have to be there. I have to go into the legislature buildings this morning. Well, my office is next door, so I'll go in anyway. But uh, it's kind of a nice touch. Uh, to find out what the news is, you got to be there. So this is Mike DeYoung, traditional member of the B.C. legislature, old-fashioned guy, remembers what politics was like before we had such wonders as social media. So there we go. <laughs> so what, what do we think he's going to announce here? Well, uh, I think he's going to announce that he's not running again in the fall election that he is retiring from provincial politics. That's widely expected. He's been mulling this for a while. <clears throat> and after 30 years uh, in the BC political arena, he's done his service to the public. Uh, the, the question that I think a lot of people will be asking, Simi, however, is, is he going to run federally? Now, DeYoung got into trouble last year with Kevin Falcon when he pretty much endorsed Pierre Polyev. Uh, Falcon's rule is that in order to keep the two bits of the coalition together, you don't get involved in federal politics because some BC United supporters, who's then BC Liberals, uh, some of those people support the federal Liberal Party, they vote for them, and some of those people vote for the federal Conservatives. But anyway, Young went ahead and endorsed Polyev, and ever since then there's been speculation that he's going to be one of those provincial politicians that Polyev is recruiting to run for uh, his party federally in the next election. So there's the question, will he? Um, in the back of my mind, I also have that DeYoung, uh, a couple of years ago now, two or three years ago, Simi married a woman from France and they have a place in France. So what do you do really? Do you retire to your place in France or do you go to Ottawa? What a tough call. Mm, that, that is, is. tough. <laughs> I'll be teasing him about that, as you can imagine. I'm curious, though, like if he's continuing his political career, why he wouldn't have made the announcement in Abbotsford, right? Which is the place that has elected him for the past 30 years. <clears throat> That's a good question. But, you know, this, the, one of the reasons it's taken DM a while is. There was speculation that one of the incumbent conservatives, who's a longtime federal MP from that region, Ed Fast, might have been thinking of retiring. Uh, I don't know if he's made a final call, but if DeYoung is running federally, he's not going to go up against an incumbent conservative MP. But there's a seat uh, on the edge of where DeYoung represents, uh, Langley Cloverdale, federal seat represented by the federal liberals right now, the conservatives think they can take that seat 
and they might well be looking for a star candidate to run there, somebody well known in the Valley, and that might be where mm. DeYoung is being recruited for. But I guess we'll find out this morning, as I said, I think everyone's quite certain that he's leaving the provincial political arena, a loss to BC United. He's one of their uh, senior, more experienced members. And the other thing to say about DeYoung is he's quite well liked at the legislature. He's, you know, he's a little like Mike Farnworth. Uh, yeah. You know, you can disagree with Farnworth on his policies, but BC United people, opposition people like him because he's genial. He's outgoing, very funny. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't carry the exchanges, the professional wrestling type exchanges in question period outside the house. DeYoung is like that. In fact, I think the most genial time we've had at the legislature in my time in the last 20 years was when the two Mikes, Farnworth and DeYoung, were their respective House leaders for their party. Uh, they managed to lower the temperature outside the House. Um, you know, question period yeah. is what it is. But outside the House, you do want uh, people who've got some perspective on politics, and I would say both those guys do. Oh, that, that's actually good to hear. We know, we don't hear enough stories like that. But I also remember the fact that Mike DeYoung's arrival into provincial politics was a an earthquake in BC yes. politics when he defeated Grace McCarthy yes. in that election and people could not believe where had this kid come from. Yes, uh, he was very young in those days, I think in his early 30s, a lawyer uh, running for the BC Liberals, uh, 1993, uh, the riding was then known as Matsqui. Uh, Grace McCarthy was trying to revive the Social Credit Party. She ran in that riding after a SoCred MLA stepped down to make way for her. And DeYoung won the seat by about less than 50 votes. I think it was a very close election, a close night. But, Simi, you're right, historic, because... It kind of signaled the changing of the yes. guard in BC politics. Social credit went away after that. The BC Liberals became the vehicle for center-right voters in the province and went on to win, uh, what, four of the last seven elections, I think. Uh, so they've done fairly well, even though they've sure. changed their name because uh, the leader of the BC United, Kevin Falcon, says people were confused about the name. So confused, they kept electing them to government. <laughs> that's just my cheat shot. I still love that joke. <laughs> I still love that joke. A couple more things we're going to check on with Vaughn Palmer this morning. So Vaughn, this this Richmond City Council debate over this uh, you know, safe consumption site has seemingly moved upwards to the premier oh, yeah. level. It's been upgraded to... David Eby's level, you know, there was a huge furor at the council out there and a divisive issue. Do you want a safe injection site in your municipality? And I can't entirely blame people who've been following what happens in other places with safe injection sites. And I don't want any of this thing anywhere near where I live, but there's a furor there. The premier gets asked about it yesterday. And you know, a premier could have said, um, this is an issue for Richmond Council to sort out, and we'll see if they apply to the province or the health region after the fact for a safe injection site, but that's not what he said. What he said was um, that his understanding is this is not what is immediately needed in that city, and the health region is looking into why this was brought forward at this time. 
Well, this time for the premier, Simi, is not February. It's not some afternoon, uh, mid-month. It is election year that this is being brought forward. And in the back of his mind, he wants to know why is this issue coming forward and dividing Richmond in a provincial election year because in 2020, Richmond had been BC Liberal territory for a long time. But in 2020, the new Democrats took three of the Richmond seats, three of the four seats. And you can bet David Eby does not want any backlash to his MLAs in Richmond with anyone out there suspecting that if a safe injection site is going to be imposed on Richmond, the provincial government is going to have something to do with it. So this is David Eby distancing himself very quickly from that issue. That is so interesting. Okay, and let's talk about uh, some uh, provincial polling that's been done here, because recently the polls, I'm sure the NDP have been pretty happy about them. Maybe not all of them. NDP supporters can't stop telling you about how wonderful the polls are these days. Uh, opposition parties are divided. David Eby's got a high approval rating. He's uh, cruising for re-election. Don't people yeah, learn anything, Vaughn? Why do they? Don't they? Are they afraid of jinxing things? Don't they learn? It <laughs> could be. Yeah. No. No. That's true. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, we all know the polls never change, right? They say the same thing exactly. month, after month after month. And if they did, uh, Adrian Dix would be Premier of British Columbia. So. Um, this one they won't like because Angus Reid, who's independent polling foundation now, doesn't work for political parties, but pays close attention to the issues, decided to go out and poll on this provincial government idea that's out there. We've talked about it a few times of changing the Land Act to move the province to joint management of crown land with indigenous nations on a consent basis. So Reid goes out, asks the public, uh, well, none of the answers are good news for the government. The first thing people say is it sounds like a pretty important issue to them, but the government has told them next to nothing about it. So most of them say, I don't know where this came from. Uh, Many, many people tell the pollsters, you know what, it looks like a rush job to me. I mean, they haven't even told me what's in it, why they're doing it, and they're ramming it through this spring in the legislature. Get down to the details. A lot of people are suspicious that this would be a veto for First Nations, and not many of them support that idea, only less than 20%. And a lot of people say they think this is the sort of thing that should go to a referendum. Well, I mean, Australians put this question to Australians about just having some kind of a commission in Parliament that would uh, not even approve things, but kind of survey things from the point of view of the Australian Aborigines and Australians got their backs up and they voted it down. I think it'd be a very dangerous thing to put to a referendum here in BC. And I don't think it would be one that's good for any aspect of our politics. But the poll, when you look at it, the government's got an enormous selling job on this, Simi. And if uh, the same mindset that led David Eby to run for cover on the safe supply issue in Richmond is working, I wonder if somebody in the provincial ministry in the premier's office is not going to say, you know what, why are we rushing this thing through this spring? Wouldn't it be better if we just said we need to consult some more, need to get the public more involved and put it off till after the election? 
Yeah, you don't want this becoming an election issue because I feel like it's just going to cause so many problems. Look, I mean, Nathan Cullen, the minister in charge, did acknowledge two things. First, he came out and said he wished he'd been more proactive at explaining to people why this is happening and what it leads to. He didn't even put out a news release, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing he said was, you know, this is important. He said, when, when we, provincial government, screw something up like this, the backlash doesn't just come to the government, no, exactly deserves it and should get it. It goes to Indigenous people. People take it out on the Indigenous nations, even though it's not their idea that's pushing this. It's the provincial government that went out, that didn't advertise this, that didn't explain itself. So, yeah, I mean, I think if the government is sitting down looking at this thing and going, how can we lower the temperature? One thing they could do is say, you know what? This needs more study. We're on a tight time frame this spring. And uh, let's do some more consultation and take it up after people have voted. Is there that recognition, though, Vaughn? Do no. you get that sense that with the pushback in the last couple of weeks, they realize that, oh, geez, maybe we should, you know, slow this you know, down a bit? I talked to Colin. He said, no, 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 it's going ahead. You know, uh, we still think we can get it done this spring. Uh, they've got the votes. That's not the issue, right? They've got the MLAs. The question is, if they push it through quickly in the face of what this poll tells us about the lack of public sympathy and awareness, it's going to create a bad feeling around an issue that, you know, the more united we can be on this thing, the better. And as I said, I think Indigenous nations rightfully feel they've been victimized by a government that has completely mishandled the issue up to this point. And, you know, it's it, the government should take the heat for backing off, but they should also say, hey, we realized we, we went too fast on this. We didn't bring the public along with us, and we've got to do that work. And that may take some time. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. That is Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. As always, if you want to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com.